Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Well, hello there, fellow portrait photographer business owners. You might be asking yourself when you saw this download, what does building luxury custom homes have to do with the business of portrait photography? Well, you might be surprised. Today, my guest is Brad Levitt from AFT Construction, a luxury home builder here in Arizona. And we are talking about all things value and specifically how Brad has made a solid brand for himself through very strategic posting on social media. So much so that by the time his clients get to him, they know his process, what to expect, how he works, and more than all of that, they trust him. There's a lot there for a nice little portrait photographer to unpack. So let's do it. Well, I'd like to welcome our guest today, Mr. Brad Lovett, who is kind of making a name for himself in the building community here in Arizona. And welcome, Brad. I'm so glad that you're here. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. Oh, so happy to be here with you. Thank you for having me. So how's it going out there right now? (laughs) I I think that's kind of a mixed question. You know, in some ways it's going fantastic. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of activity, a lot of demand, you know, a lot of fun projects happening. And then the other issue is that you have a lot of uh, issues with cost, right? Raising costs, limited supply chain, material back orders, shortage of labor, you know, just so many different elements that are affecting that. Well, I know we're in the middle of a gut remodel right now, and I am so feeling your pain. And... (laughs) But I was thinking, as you and I have talked several times about different things, I, I was thinking that my like, listeners are probably going to be like, why do you have a builder on a podcast for portrait photographers? But one of the things that your name came to me like immediately when I first started this podcast that I wanted to talk to you, interview you, because you are a master at communicating and building value in an industry that has largely been non-disrupted. It's you know, the construction industry, I think, is pretty much the same as it's always been. It's always been. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yep. things just have not... Like you still have to have guys build stuff. Like it's hard to interrupt that. But you're a master at communicating the value of what you do to your clients. And you do that largely on social media. And so I would just love to hear you kind of talk about what are your thoughts behind that? What is the Brad Levitt value proposition? Yeah, I love that. And that's that's a great question, Allison. And there's so many directions we can go. And there's there's a few angles here. 
So when you think about value, you know, one thing that a lot of people have pushed back when I speak to them about the value of social media, a lot of them are like, well, you know, we've developed our processes or our systems or, you know, this is our, you know, we don't want to put anything online where there's trolls and they're going to come after us. But, but what they fail to see is the more information you put out, right? It's all put out information and value is that you start to find advocates, right? You, you find people that fight for your brand, fight for your product. And, and what that means is for me, I'm not worried about competitors. And a lot of people are like, hey, Brad, if I put my content, my competitors are going to steal it. If I show how I photograph something and maybe the tech, the technology I'm using or the lens or you know the angles or lighting, whatever, my competitors are going to steal that. But the thing is, Allison, they're not you, right? And as you build this personality and brand, you know, you create this force behind you. And so in construction, it's interesting. I put out a lot of content and, and it's very intentional as far as what I'm putting on YouTube or LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or all the different platforms, the podcast I have. And because what I find is that my clients listen, right? They watch and they're more educated now. So as you mentioned, construction is like, we're the slowest industry to adapt and to, you know, adapt new practices or technology or product. Like, you know, you, you'll try to integrate new product and, you know, the workforce is like, well, Brad, I've been doing this for 30 years and not changing, yeah. you know, and you, and you deal with this mentality, right? But what happens yeah. is with social media is now other contractors are watching and subcontractors and clients. And, you know, when I speak about, hey, if you want to have a successful project, you know, this old mentality of, hey, I'm going to design my house and get three bids. It's ineffective for many reasons. One, you have no data pulse of the price throughout the design process. You have no idea what it's going to cost. You have no idea how to decipher how these three contractors are interpreting the bid and the specs. And so you take that out. You hire a good contractor from day one. You get a good designer on board and a good architect. And now what happens, you have a streamlined process to get to permit that's very advantageous. It's very coordinated. It's within budget. And now the home's built quicker. You're happier. It's going to be better. And and, and all these things. And so what, what I find is my clients now listen to this, right? And they listen to me speak about this. And they'll call me and say, okay, Brad, we know we need an architect. We know we need a designer. Can we put that team together? And so they're more educated because you're talking about these processes. And now you're seeing other contractors adapt that. And you see, you know, so you just make these small impacts. And again, there's a lot of work out there for a photographer. There's a lot of work for a builder, you know, but you can still position yourself, especially as a photographer. For me, I'm limited to building Phoenix. But as a photographer, you can brand yourself on LinkedIn with professionals and you can travel if that's what you aspire right. to. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it just opens up so many doors. Well, the thing that I love about what you said is like my next question that I had on my list was how do you manage like your client experience? And the thing that I love about how you do your social media is that before anybody ever even knows who Brad is, like before they ever meet you, they're coming to you and telling you all the things that you already want them to say. So you're you're setting out there on social media. You're not just putting like, here's this cool house that I built. Aren't I so cool? Don't you wish you were me? Like sometimes with photographers, they're putting out like, right. here's my here's my latest thing. Here's my lighting. Here's my you know my technique, which your clients don't care about. But you're basically telling them these are the questions you should be asking a contractor. These are the other professionals that you should be working with. And if you aren't, then something's missing. And so there, I, I can only imagine that there are people 
Well, I know I, for sure, I know this is happening. I'm sure you've had this experience. There are people in different markets that aren't in Phoenix that are looking at your feed that are like busting the chops of their contractor going, wait a minute, why don't we have this? And why aren't we doing that? You know, have you, have you heard that? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's the most amazing thing is that I have other contractors saying, Brad, why I've never thought about this or handling this. I mean, there's a lot of builders that are still trying to figure out their systems. And it's so close knit that the social media, and this is, you, you bring this up, Allison, which is important too. Yes, you're building a brand, you're building this communication. But more importantly, this is a direct connect. Now, through social media, I've connected with builders all across the country and all across the world that have different processes and thinking of mm. how do they handle deposits? How do they handle cash flow? Do they do a cost plus? Do they do a lump sum, right? Different ways to build. What's better for the client? And so you start to learn quickly, how can I adapt some of these great things they're doing and now implement that in my system and apply that? And then something you, you mentioned is for me, as you're putting your personality out there, your systems and your team, and you know the clients are educated. They're coming to us. They've been following us for a year, two years on social media. And so they feel like they know us, right? They feel like they know me just from my voice. And so when I'm sitting there, it makes it a lot easier to, for the business development side to say, okay, here's our goal. This is what we want to build. Here's our budget. And as long as those things align, it's perfect, right? And, and timing, of course, is key. But you know, I don't have to sit there and sell who we are right. or our quality or systems yeah. because they That's know already that. done. Because they already know. They feel like they know who you are and they trust you. And I think one of the things that I love about that when I first started following you on social media that I noticed right away, and I was not in the market to build a house. I wasn't doing any of that. I was just looking at your stuff. And I thought it was compelling because, you know, you do these like amazing drone shots of the work site and rattlesnakes, you know, climbing up the front <laughs> or a Gila monster right. going across the street or whatever, you know, basically feeding into everybody's fears of Arizona. But the thing that I really noticed that you, and maybe you did this intentionally, but you hit all the time was you would show how clean the site was. So if anybody's ever had any construction done, you know how messy that is, but you would always show like you could eat off the concrete of any of your job sites. And I thought that what that reminded me of is like, you know, Van Halen, when they used to tour famously would say in our dressing room, we want to have M&Ms, but like all the brown ones taken out, like a certain color. And that people would like give them crap about that and say, oh, well, you're just prima donnas. But actually it was David Lee Roth that insisted on that because they knew that if they went to the detail to have the certain color of M&Ms, that the rigging and all of the stuff that the roadies put together wouldn't fall down and kill them during a concert because they knew that if they had that level of detail, that their process was really good. And so that is when I look at that as a homeowner and as a like an end user of your service, I think... Dude, if that guy, if you can eat off the concrete of any of his projects, he's got his subs lined out. Like the guys aren't in there like peeing in the drywall, like they're like (laughs) friggin' McDonald's cups, you know, walling it up into my drywall or whatever. Yeah, 100%. And there's so much truth to that, Allison. I mean, really, your whole focus, even as a photographer, right? What are the pain points that you're dealing with with your customer base? And all of you have a different customer base, depending on what is your specification of photography, right? If it's portraits or weddings or architecture, whatever, they have pain points. They have things they're looking for. And so how do you solve that? And you apply that to construction. And to your point, it's like, okay. And I will give credit. I had a customer when I first started my company, I did a remodel and uh, the client was amazing. It was a great project. We had great communication. 
we, we really enjoyed working with him and vice versa. And he pulled me aside after and he said, Brad, let me give you one piece of recommendation. He said, you know, you did a pretty good job keeping the house clean, but here's like 10 things that were kind of left around or over. You didn't really notice and, and some debris in the driveway after they were cutting, you know, some trim work and, and so forth. And he said, one recommendation is keep your sites clean. Like it just shows the level of detail. And it was interesting because I clicked. That was before social media when he had pulled me aside. And we made that a goal. Like we're going to keep sites clean because that is, I, I thought about going through the experience myself. And when people are eating and spilling food all over your garage floor during lunchtime and you're like, this is my house and you're eating in it and spilling right. like, it's so uncomfortable. And yeah, as you mentioned, Gatorade well, I still I, From and, my last remodel that was 2018, I still have stuff out in my side yard of my, the credits right. never took off. Yeah. yeah. And and so it's funny. So we did a video and it was just super simple video early on when I first started social media. And we had a house that was just framed. So the framing was complete. And we have a huge roller bag, just a massive thing of it like a big push broom, but it's like a roller magnet the size of a person. And, and one of my labors was pushing that around, getting all the loose nails and screws right around the house. Mm. And the amount of feedback from that with everyone saying, we moved in, we're doing our landscape, there's nails everywhere in the dirt as it's been moved, you know, our kids stepped on a nail or a screw. And just that pain point for the customer, site cleanliness, it spoke to people and that really helped build our brand. And so you want to identify pain points and it's not just a marketing tool, but it's something, as you mentioned, you apply because if you're paying attention at that level, well, now other things become more apparent and, and you're going to demand, hey, let's not smoke. You know, we're not going to smoke on the job site. It's not tolerated, right? I don't want cigarette butts out here. You know, we want this feel here if you're going to smoke, you go sit in your truck. Fortunately, a lot of the subdivisions we work in the HOA restrict smoking at all. You can't even smoke in the community. So mm. not even your truck, which helps. But others, we know we can put that sign up. And then again, you show that. You show what you're doing. You show that process and why it's important and what that means to the customer. Well, and I love that building value. So the things that are coming to my mind as you're saying these things is that basically when you're looking at a value proposition of working with any company, you're looking at like, what are their standards? Like, obviously they have very high standards and then there's a process by which all of this is going to happen. And then those two things just build absolute trust because you just think, okay, this person isn't just walking up here in his tool belt and then like hooking his thumbs into his <laughs> belt loops and like, okay, so this is how we're going to do it. You know? And then like, well, I got to get, I got to go line out my guys. I don't know when they're going to be here. You know, like how many times have we been through that situation where they don't know? And so to translate that to portrait photographers is, you know, in our world, what that would be is just abdicating responsibility for for everything. You know, that, oh, well, it's not my fault if you wore the wrong clothes and you look fat in your picture. Well, actually, it is my fault, you know? So it is your fault if whatever, like they, they went, they got, they, maybe you have had homeowners that come to your job and try to get one of your guys to do like a side job and add something on because they don't want to do a change order with you, whatever. I'm sure you have a process to deal with that. I would imagine. Yeah. And I love that you took it that direction too, Allison, because really so much success in life and business comes down to expectations, right? I mean, mm -hmm. think about it, any marriage, any relationship, it's all setting clear expectations for people to understand what they need to do or what, because we don't know. And we don't know what other people desire. And in, in construction specifically, there's so much to building a home, right? Seven 
marriage is one house at a time. I mean, there's some truth into that, that you have to lay out clear expectations of what it takes for timeline and design and the build. You know, uh, clients will ask now because I tell them, I talk about pain points a lot. What are different pain points in the build schedule? And one client will ask me in the meeting, Brad, what should I be nervous about? And I can tell them, say, well, reality is we're building something from scratch. This has never been done. It's custom. So you have an idea or interpretation of what it'll look like. The architect has an idea. The designer has an idea. And so do we. So you have four people that think it's going to look a certain way. And sometimes as it's being installed or executed, it may not match all four. And that's where it's important that we don't get frustrated. It's more like, hey, communicate. I didn't realize it looked this way or the tile would look this way or look this color with the lighting. And same thing as you're mentioning is you're setting up a photo shoot for a family, laying out a clear expectation. Hey, make sure you're not hungry. Make sure you have a bottle of water. Make sure yep. you know, you're dressed appropriately or color coordinated. Or yeah, and you're not allowed to talk so to your yeah. kids during the photo yeah. shoot. That would be number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's so many elements that the more clear expectations you line out for them, and the more you make that accessible, the more successful that relationship and project will be. So just walk me through. I'm, we're going to do pretend clients. So I'm just one of those cute little moms that's just been following you on social media for a couple of years. And we finally decide we're going to pull the trigger. We bought the lot and we're going to have you build our house for us. And so I get an appointment with you. What is the first thing that happens? Like, What is your client expectation management process? It's a great question. And so it's very much that way it's handled. You know, they phone us or they're referred and they sit down and we have that meeting and a lot of it's understanding, okay, what are your goals, right? Uh, what's their timeline? And so you start thinking about their family dynamic. And this is really key to understand too, is that it takes a while to build a custom house. So if they have teenage kids and this is going to be a two or three year process going through design, that's going to impact how we design the house. Are the kids going to be out of the house by the time we're done? Is it going to be a short shelf life for them as they're off to college? You know, are you building this for them to come back? married and have everything in ensuite. So so you do some of that analysis just to understand their lifestyle. But more importantly, as you mentioned, it's walking them from A to Z. I'm sitting you now, sitting with you right now. What does it take to where my house is toothbrush ready? I bring my toothbrush and I can move in, furnished, we're done. And so we talk about that whole process. We talk about how we hire an architect, right? How we hire a designer. I get a good idea of their aesthetic and their taste, you know, from Pinterest or Instagram or house have a good feel to say, here's who we should work with, A, B, and C. And then we talk about cost. Well, what does it cost? You know, in, in our area here, everyone owns their own land and they hire us for the build. So I tell them, look, as far as construction goes, you're not going to owe anything to build the house until we get the permit and we break ground. But for this year of design, here's what you're going to expect to pay the designer. Here's what you're going to expect to pay the architect and the permit fee and the HOA for the submittal. And we break that down. So financially, they have a good idea of how this lays out. And then we lay out the timeline of the build. You know, we're guessing approximate timeline for the build. And here's the budget. This is really key. You know, we, Brad, we want to spend a million dollars on our house. Okay, well, then here's how we break it up. And you're like, you can't do that anymore. It's not available. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Time's up by three and maybe, maybe. There is some truth to that too. Yeah. I mean, there there are a lot of variables, but yeah. So, but just as an easy number, right? You're taking what their goal is because it's very transparent. You know, I have videos saying, here's what a cost plus contract is. Here's what a lump sum is. And just to explain that, that would be where a client either says, okay, you're going to build a house for a million. That's it. I have no other involvement. You know, you're going to have to build the margin in 
contingencies to protect yourself. But on a cost plus, it's you're paying my cost plus the percentage. It's all open book. It's transparent. You know, different clients, it's really about who takes the risk. And so we talk about that. Do you want the risk as the client? Do you want me to take the risk? Here's how you work around that. And so it's a very easy process when you're talking about those numbers and the client can be very comfortable. So to be able to have that conversation though, there's a lot of things that have to have happened in your mind and in your own business before a client ever walked in the door. So you have to know, like, you know how you make your money, you know how you don't make your money, you know how things can go sideways really fast. And so what I'm hearing you say that translates directly to portrait photographers is that you're saying, this is how we work and this is how it's done. So you're basically educating them from the moment that they walk in so that you're letting them know how this works. Because I think that when you're coming into a project such as a house, a custom build, it is such an overwhelming, that's an, just a daunting process. It's going to be a money hemorrhage from beginning to end. And especially with what's going on right now with the supply chain and all the you know lumber and everything going up, that it's this shifting sand. So the trust factor is probably even more important than it has ever been for you. I would imagine, you know, that people know that you've got it. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. And I, and I love that you said that often because the reality is you're thinking about that. Like you really have to understand your business. Like you have to understand why, you know, you do things a certain way, what's advantageous to the client or yourself, or just really what your overhead is. And as you instruct them as a photographer, you're sitting down and saying, here's the process and here's why. And some clients will push more saying, okay, Allison, well, how do you make your fee? And it's different because as you create a brand and as you create a product in your world, you may be able to charge different amounts because you're talented, right? There's a reason sure. it's not after. In construction, to some extent, that's true, not as much. But the key is to understand how this all works and why do I need a hired designer? When I have a client come in saying, Brad, I know what I like, I, I'm on house and I have a good idea, I tell them, well, <laughs> it's real simple. Like, if you don't have a des- hired designer, you're not hiring me, or my fee goes up 100,000, right? Because right. I understand the value of the designers, I understand the value of the team and what they offer. And there's a lot more than just picking a color when you're thinking of the back end, you know, all the work that designers are doing. And you know this because you're very connected. And, you know, all the design drawings and the CAD work. I mean, essentially, they're interior architects. So as you understand this process, you explain to customers do grasp that. And they do understand the rhyme or reason that you lay that out for them so they can right. fit in that box. Well, and working with you. So working with you and saying, okay, look, I just want to... Because what happens, is, and this happens in our business too, is clients just want to cherry pick. They don't really know, understand until we communicate it to them, the value of the overall process, the beginning to end turnkey, like my sister says, like you say, you know, the toothbrush ready thing. And so that's the same with our business is that we're, we are going to deliver and install this on your wall. It's a complete solution. And so them coming and saying, well, look, I just want to use you as a camera that I can point in a direction and I just need you to give me the raw material, which is digital files. We don't do that. You know, we're, we're, we do it all the way to the end. So you're willing to let somebody walk away that might potentially give you money because you know that if you don't work with an architect and you don't work with a designer, that that is not something that's going to make your life a living hell. And they are not going to be happy in the end. So they will have paid you money, but they're still going to be mad. They're not going to be happy and that that's going to trash your reputation. And so that's part of managing those expectations as well. Yeah. And really what you're explaining, Allison, is this comes down to the core of marketing and sales, right? And business development is you have to understand your ideal client. And so in any market, if you want to be successful 
as a photographer, you need to know who's your ideal client. And it's no different than construction. And you want to understand, is this a second time, you know, someone who's built before mm-hmm. certain age demographic? Are they from the Midwest building a second home here in Phoenix? You know, you can get down very detailed that this is someone over 40. They built a home. You know, they spend half their time in Phoenix, half elsewhere. And you can get and say, okay, if they fit these, and that's perfect. And it's no different than you where it's like, okay, Allison, I want to hire you to do my family photo, but I just want the file so I can go print it. Well, because you're such a high-level photographer, and it's not only the session and the editing, and then it's also the print that's part of your package. And the reason you do that is because there's an elegance, to that, right? There's a brand. There's That is, you need to have your ideal client fit that. And, and who is that? Is it a husband and wife that both work? Is there two spouses that work? Yeah, I think whatever, that it's, right? I think your ideal client and my ideal client might be a very similar person. So run that down for me just real quick. Who is your ideal? Like if you could just cherry pick it out of the sky, when somebody comes in the door, what are all the things that they're saying that you're like, oh yes, we're doing this. So for me, it's, as I mentioned, they've already built before. So they've been okay. through the process. So not they the have first a good time. Yeah. And I do it for first time. So I won't say that I limit it to that, but I'll say that I already know if they built before, they have a good idea. When they're yeah. willing to say, Brad, hundred percent, I want a good designer. I want a good architect, right? Those are questions. Okay. We're on the mm-hmm. same page there. And now what I see is that mo- most of my successful interactions are where they're successful in this sense that they're busy, right? Mm-hmm. The, the spouse and spouse are busy either with their career, with travel, with family, with life, and they need a professional. They don't need a contract. They need a professional that's going to drive this for them. Mm-hmm. And, and really, that's why they pay us and hire us because they want to say, okay, Brad, we're going to trust you. You're going to run with it and you're going to put together a team and you're going to drive us to the end. And that's what they need. And we have the system down, the communication. And these are people that are typically over 35 years old. They may have kids, may not. That's not really part of my ideal client mm-hmm. scenario, the kids side. But they're people that are professionals that expect a high level of communication, a high level of transparency, and a high level of systems. Because I do have that. You know, I track everything we build on an app and they get the app on their phone. And when they move in, they have every finish that goes in their house into the app. And so these are sophisticated clients that they may travel, but they can respond quickly via text or email and make decisions. And so that's just a few points of what I'm looking for. And here's the key is that in that interview process, it's not just, you know, for me, I'm essentially married to these people for two or three years. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, I don't care, Allison, if you're spending a hundred grand or 10 million, it doesn't matter. I want to work with good people because construction is a tough industry. It's a tough business. Photography is a tough business. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of expectations, timeline, right? I want to work with people that are reasonable. And so if they're understanding, they're good communicators, and you can gauge that just in the first few meetings, then yes, they fit my deal client. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to go back through that really quick because I want... Rather than tell the listeners to rewind and play that again, which I would still do, but let's just interpret this because actually we do have the same ideal client. Your ideal client for your builds are the same as the ideal portrait client for a luxury studio. So generally they value photography. So they've done it before, portraits before. They want somebody that is going to... So your your ideal client wants a designer and an architect. They understand the value in paying for service that is beyond their ability. Yeah. And just to touch on that, Allison, if I interrupt you, yes, they, yeah, they, they, they're willing to pay for the service and that white glove service that you can offer. And as you mentioned, when you talk turnkey in photography, as you mentioned, it's not just the photo shoot, but the editing and the final portrait that you're coming in and installing. Same for me that they're from beginning to end, from design to furniture, moving written. Right. So these are not DIY people. So I always say that I don't want a DIYer. 
I want somebody that has, like you're saying, they're busy, they're paying for time. They value that other people have expertise and they're willing to employ their value, raid cash, (laughs) to pay for somebody else's value. So they're buying time. And then they trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do and they don't micromanage. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I because, can imagine uh, that you would get some <laughs> some of these wives that like want to play designer because they've got a knack and then they want to like sit in your lap and braid your hair every day and talk about like every nuance of the tile in their laundry room and you ain't got time for that. Yeah. And, and what's funny to that point is that when they play designer, that, you know, there's not designers are so good about a clear direction. I already know what this dining room is going to look like, floor to ceiling, every detail, and it's going to look amazing. I'm not going to deviate because I just saw something on Instagram. And, and whereas yes. you have some clients that, hey, Brad, I saw this post you did last night on Instagram and I want to add this to my house. And then a week later, I saw this post you did. I want that. And there's no rhyme or reason. They're all over the place and you have to keep them positioned. Yeah. Caroline, my sister would say that I am that person. So yeah, (laughs) I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable as you're describing that. Okay. So then we've got the trust and then the communication, the transparency and the systems. I think that is so valuable and something that many portrait photographers are missing is that have a system, you know, first of all, that the system is transparent to you first. Like you, this is, it's been codified. We've established that this is how we do things. And then the value in that is communicating the value of that system to your clients so that then they can easily make decisions because you're like this app that you're describing sounds so cool. You know, that they're able to, you're saying, okay, this is what's happened and we need an approval on this. And then they clearly know what needs to happen next and they're informed every step of the way. Absolutely. And that's where it's the value add, right? And and when you think about transparency, yes, there are some companies and brands where you go in and, you know, if I buy a TV, I don't know what they're paying for shipping and every single pot price of that TV. And every product's a little bit different. You know, in construction, where I've become more sensitive over the years is that people are spending millions of dollars, right? And they, they do want a good idea of where that investment's going. This isn't a $500, <laughs> you know, decorative piece or TV going to their house. So sure. with that level, they're, they're expecting more. And that's where it's important that I can be super transparent. And if, you know, there still has to be a value add where the rate fits, you know, what our capabilities are. And that also are a value for the client where they see the value that, hey, you know, I know some designers that charge more than others, but they offer more and their process is better and their style is better. And, and they can demand that because they're talented. And Caroline's a great example of that. She's extremely talented. She's ahead of the curve. She has probably the best design book in town. And so because of that, there's information that's the value add and dictates her market. And, and that comes with time. It comes with experience and credibility and confidence. But as you mentioned, it's having this laid out and the customer sees the value, they're willing to invest in Allison Tyler Photography because they see that, right? They see the value and the content that you put out. Well, and I think that what you are such a good example of, and I'd encourage anyone that's listening to this to look at your Instagram feed, which we'll talk about in a minute, but is that we have to call that out to the client because they don't understand why that's important. They don't understand why this retaining wall that you had to build, you know, into the mountain is going to keep the house from falling down the mountain or whatever. You know, and they might never, your future clients may even never build on a mountain, but they know that if they hired a builder who could prevent a 30,000 square foot house from sliding down a mountain, they could probably handle their 6,000 square foot house on a flat plot of land. You know, so it's just communicating that we get, I think we get in the weeds as business owners and we're just making the donuts every day, you know, and we don't see the value because, you know, you're dealing with the subcontractors or we're dealing with vendors or we're retouching or whatever. 
And then we're not calling out what makes us special, you know, what, how our processes do make it easier for them and constantly talking about that in a way, not only in a client consultation, but on social media as well. And it's so key, Allison, I mean, as you speak about that, because yes, there's just, you know, as you're thinking about just the client doesn't fully understand everything you're doing. They just don't. And the more you can point them in that direction and the more of that value you bring, the more that's going to entice them to to sign on and be a part of the train run, right? Be a part of the brain. Right. And when you're talking millions of dollars, that's not a decision that somebody makes overnight. That's something that you have to warm up to. You have to get your head around. You have to think about, you're looking at a lot of different builders, a lot of different designers. And then you're going through this wide funnel down into like a narrowing process as the client. And so anything that is more luxurious or higher end by definition is going to take maybe a longer runway, so to speak. And so we can't expect that if we want to be luxury service providers, like whether we're shooting weddings or portraits or whatever, that that is going to require a longer education process. And we can start that education process sooner if we're doing it on social media rather than just posting our beautiful pictures. Because they really... I mean, I think most clients can't tell the difference between like good and great. I mean, they can tell bad, but they like, would you say like, if you want me to photograph your family, there's a lot of photographers that could do that. So what you would want me for is that your kids are going to have a great time. We're going to have this process nailed down. I'm going to show up at your house. I'm going to deliver and install it. And it's, and then I have a system for what we're going to do next year and the year after that. So you definitely have that nailed down with your clients one of the things that I would love to ask you about, this is like, I have a little note here, is that yes. what happens when it goes bad? So <laughs> when it goes sideways and you may not have things, I mean, I'm sure things happen that aren't perfect, oh, yeah. but, but what are those things like in the past that just went sideways in a big way that informed all these great processes? Because that's usually where they come from, right? <laughs> we don't just emerge with a fully formed system. <laughs> oh my gosh. We've been killed by somebody. Allison, I could, I could talk to you all day about all the issues we've had, right? Because there's too many. And that's really why we're here today. But one of the big ones I can talk about is you have your SOP, your operating procedures, as we've been talking about. You have your systems, you have your ideal client, and you don't want to be everything to everyone. Like everyone's not a client for you, Allison, and they shouldn't be. And as you mentioned, you, you should be able to turn down work because you need to have the right ideal client. So you have to understand that. Now, rewind a few years ago, this is probably about three and a half years ago, when I was still trying, hey, I want this job. And the client's like, I don't have a designer. Okay, well, I really want this job. It's a great job. It's a beautiful custom. It's up on the hillside. You know, and we'll just figure it out. And it was the most painful experience. We lost so much money. The client was frustrated. This build that should have taken 17 months probably is a complicated build, a big house, you know, a lot of site work. Should have taken probably 16, 18 months, took us 24 months. So it took us six extra months. We think my overhead for six extra months, it was painful. And it was just the most miserable experience. And really it came down because I, I didn't follow the system. And since then it's like, no, we made this mistake. I will not do another project without a designer. But now I can stand with confidence when the client says that. I'm like, look, it's going to take too long to build. You're going to hate me by the end. I'm going to hate you. Like it's yeah. not going to work. And so those are those things that I had. But even now as our systems have gotten better, right? One thing that I was talking about is, and you talked about this earlier, you know, the, the mentality of a normal blue collar construction guys walking up, you know, with his belt and his cool belt. We tried to eliminate that and say, look, let's bring a little bit more white collar feel in the sense that let's be professional. Let's communicate. When people respond, answer the phone, text, 
email right away. Be happy. Put a smile on, right? You don't see that a lot of construction. So yeah. we tried to kind of change that feel. Notwithstanding, we had a client recently that found out me about six months ago. And they're like, Brad, you know, we're disappointed. Here's A, B, and C of things that went south. You know, there were some valid concerns. Some of them, I think, were a little over the top, but there were still concerns. And I always tell my clients, look, I'm available anytime. You can call me. You can text me. And we, we addressed that through communication and we were able to work through that. But the problems do arise even as much as you want to have a good system and expectations are not met or miscommunicated. But yeah, what it comes down to is, as you mentioned, you just have to take those mistakes, learn from them and make implementations. And we call it an autopsy. So one thing is we just had a superintendent make a mistake where he laid out the tile guy incorrectly, installed the tile wrong. And now we have to rip it out and redo it. So all my team knows we have a production meeting. We sit down and we say, hey, everyone, this is a mistake we made. This is why it happened. This is how we corrected. So that, that way, the mistake he makes isn't now done by another superintendent. We're addressing it as a team so it doesn't happen again. And then we have different protocol so that won't happen. So you have to continue to have these autopsies of, hey, this didn't work out. This went wrong. So let's make this change and let's put it down in writing. I love that. You call them autopsies. I call them postmortems, which is like so, so, <laughs> so similar. That's so weird. But yeah. I think the bottom line, and I think this is where we can wrap it up, is that what the overriding value that you've built with your business, and I like to think that we have built with our business, is at the foundation of all of this is responsibility. Is that you're, you realize before that when you go loosey-goosey and say, oh, okay, sure, yeah, we can do that, even though I don't really want to, that in the end process, when they are living in that house or when my portraits are hanging on their wall... If that mom looks fat in those pictures and she doesn't like the way she looks, that's not her fault. It's my fault. If they hate the house and it creaks and the roof leaks and whatever, that's not their fault. Even though they made 55 change orders or they got the roofer guy you know, on a bad day or whatever, that's your fault. So if it's going to be our fault, then we need to manage the process beginning to end. And then we need to charge accordingly for managing that process. But all along the way, we're building that value. What do you think about that? That's a hundred percent. And at the end of the day, you know that it may not be my fault, but it's my responsibility. And that's what it comes down to is that I'm the responsible general contractor. They're hiring, I'm the professional. And that's where when someone drops the ball and it may be one of my subcontractors or vendors or suppliers or superintendents, that's where the client in this instance, six months ago, they sat down and they're disappointed in how something was handled. That still falls on me. And I will say the one good thing about that is after we sat there, I didn't make excuses. I just apologized, let them know we'd make some changes and get this addressed. And they did follow up later and they say, no, Brad, what we really loved is you just, you, you listened to us when we were disappointed and you took the responsibility. It wasn't your fault, but, and you made yeah. corrections. And, well, and, and who that's does what you that? have to do. Yeah. I don't care how much money you have. You can be a billionaire and you can't get that kind of service. I mean, truly, like to have somebody willing to just say, you know what? You're right. And the thing that you're doing that I see also is that it's like we have to save them from themselves sometimes. We have to be able to say no to a client. You can't just keep saying, yes, 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 whatever you want, because that's why they're hiring us, because they don't have the expertise to know how to do it correctly. They might think they do, or they might know part of it, or they have an opinion about it. But the overall, like you were saying about the designers and everything, the overall vision, system, plan, everything is in our head. And that's why we have jobs. Exactly. Yep. You said it perfectly. I love it. Okay, Brad, tell our listeners where they can find you and like your podcast, your Instagram, like all the things. Oh yeah. Thank you. So it's 
pretty straightforward in the sense that everything is under the AFT. Our, our company is A, finer touch construction. Our handles are A as in Adam, F as in Frank, T as in Tom. So AFT construction. So if you go on any podcast, you can search AFT construction podcast. Our Instagram is AFT underscore construction. And it says Brad Levitt. And then I believe like Pinterest, House, LinkedIn, everything is AFT construction. So awesome. pretty simple on our website, AFTconstruction.com. And do you want to talk about your social media agency at all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So there's a company because we've been doing so much uh, social media. There's a company I've partnered with and they actually, it's called Elevate and they have Spell their it. own team. To, okay. It's e weird. L, yeah. E-L-E-V-A-T-E. And so Elevate, they work with all the clients to formulate this, right? To create that messaging, the pain points and broadcast it and do the post. Because really what this comes down to is to be consistent on social media, you have to be consistent. To have success, you got to be consistent. So you have to be posting regularly, be active, you know, be social, social media, right? And that's what this firm does. They take that for you. So reach out to me. You could DM me or message me. I can get you in touch with them. They do a phenomenal job um, running and they'll do your website. They'll do all your SEO. I mean, there's a lot of different packages they have. Yeah, it's it's really it's a slick operation you've got going there. Well, Brad, I know that you are so so busy and that your time is at a premium and you are in demand as a speaker and as a social media guru and not to say nothing of your job as to your clients as a contractor. So, I appreciate you so much sharing your wisdom with our listeners because I think just seeing other industries helps us understand our own better and I I really appreciate your time so much. Well, thank you so much for having me, Allison. It's a pleasure. All right. Thanks so much. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.